This is Elsian. Pronounced local. Oh, living a creative life. I'm Rawat Majdi. And I'm Muhammad Sirul. We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative. So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life. Today we have Ali Al-Hassan, co-founder of Caffeine Cafe and Business Intelligence Systems and a father of two beautiful girls. Welcome Ali, we're really excited to have you here. Thank you, I'm excited myself. Thank you for uh, having me. So Ali, um, tell us more about what you do. Okay, just a, a little background about myself. Um, currently what I do is uh, I, uh, I help run a couple of businesses in Kuwait and I have a, a TV show. So uh, the businesses are um, uh, business intelligence systems. We do uh, point of sale. So we supply to restaurants, cafes, uh, retail. And then we, me and my brother, we run a cafe as well, uh, Cafe Caffeine. Um, we have good coffee. And then I uh, agree. Your <laughs> coffee is the best. <laughs> I have to agree with that. And One then of the, the last coffee. thing that I do right now is also I do um, uh, I try to f- pick and find inspirational figures in Kuwait to interview, so uh, the youth and uh, and myself be inspired with that. Very cool. Very cool. So you're used to being. Uh, in a place of like behind the TV or not behind a TV, behind a camera, behind the mic, something like that. So you're totally comfortable here, right? I'm comfortable. <laughs> but now the, uh, the, the views are on me. Usually I'm on your side. Now I'm on the other side around, which is the so tables cool, have yeah. turned. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Ali, we are really excited about the topic tonight. But before our topic, I kind of excited, curious about you as Ali Moore. Can you please tell us more? I know that you have a lot that you have experienced before, and I would love to hear about it. Okay. I, I didn't want to age myself, but this is like before uh, uh, Ro was born. But uh, oh, in wow. 19, uh, <laughs> 1990, 1991, during the, uh, remember when Saddam Hussein and Iraq invaded Kuwait, I was, uh, I was here by myself. My whole family was out of Kuwait. I came two days before the war. And I ended up becoming a prisoner of war. So that was wow. a great learning experience. And um, it really helped me in so many different ways. And I should, should write about this one day. And then the other, um, uh, but another thing that was really important and instrumental in my career is I was an athlete. So I, for, uh, I dove diving, you know, the people that do flips, I did that for 15 years. So internationally, I would dive for Kuwait. Collegiately, I dive for my college. Uh, I'm an Olympian for Kuwait in 96. And in America, uh, I was a NCAA finalist. They call them an All-American. So when you reach a, yeah, so uh, I'm an All-American, a Kuwaiti All-American, which is cool. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're definitely a multi, multi-passionate kind of person. You got a lot of things going and a lot of things that you've actually done. I don't think you aged yourself at all. <laughs> um, but I think that's really amazing. So I really want to know, what is creating to you? What does it mean to live a creative life? Um, for me, it means doing the things that you're, you really feel are your strongest uh, like things that you want to do sometimes uh being a non-creative i like what i feel like when i was an employee it's not really what i wanted to do uh but that doesn't necessarily mean just being an employee or not living a creative life but uh once i started working for myself so the first business that i did that was back in the u.s uh for me that was uh uh, starting in that uh, that direction i guess Mm -hmm. 
I'm not creative in terms of arts or anything like that, but uh, I, I do feel I'm creative in terms of business and in terms of now writing and maybe maybe speaking as well. Yeah, part of LCL, um, and Salul and I have talked about this before, we're not just reaching out to people who are like artists and musicians and typically seen as creatives. We're, we're talking um, to people who create in any way, shape, or form. And sometimes that could mean a business and really amazing coffee. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that does mean artists and musicians. But we're getting a huge range of people because we want to hear from a huge range of people. And we're really excited to hear from you tonight. Um, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Say. Thank you. So back to add to that, like I would say um, um, uh, doing something original, not just because it's original, just because it's you. It's something unique. So for me, that's a, a creative. So even like you can own a business, but you're not creative. Like you're, you're actually copying somebody else exactly. So uh, creative is like thinking about ideas that you do yourself and then uh, uh, having your own baby, basically. So I look at these businesses as my baby, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ali, um, I'm really, really excited about our topics tonight, okay? Um, Good. Um, and, and the reason why it's one of the most critical, in my opinion, uh, points for each one, each individual, as a creative or not creative, um, to actually consider. And our topic for tonight, let's jump the, right into it. Let's do it. Um, is taking responsibility and avoiding self-victimization. Ali, I would love to hear you, what, what, you, what you mean about taking responsibility and the self-victimization. Okay. So um, now, before I talk about what responsibility, I just want to tell you that I myself, I feel I was a victim before. Um, uh, I, I didn't realize it till later on once I actually started our business then I'm like oh my god I, I was a victim all this time um, uh, like being a, an athlete when I was in Kuwait um, I didn't realize how good we have it here so I always like blaming the coach blaming the judges blaming the, the athletes but once I went abroad and worked uh, and, and, and studied in the US and I trained and then I realized you know what there are people that have worse circumstances that I do that do better so, so it's not about the circumstances, it's about how I deal with it. So that's kind of the beginning of it. Um, uh, but really, it, it cemented is once I opened my business, and that was my first job, I cannot blame somebody else for my success or my failure. So it's really easy a lot of times to, to accept the successes, but a lot of people, they don't, they, don't, they don't want to be responsible for the failures. Being responsible means you're 100% responsible for whatever the results are. So one of my favorite quotes is this. It's a very difficult quote, and being responsible is very difficult. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, you don't have any room to hide. You know, I am the one. So it's, you look at your mirror and you're like, you are the fault of everything, or you are uh, you are responsible. So that quote is, you are the cause of everything that happens to you. Be careful what you cause. Again, you are the cause of everything that happens to you. Be careful what you cause. Once I read that, my hair, like in my, uh, it just uh, kind of uh, in my skin went, because I can't run away from that. I, it's me. Okay, so I really like that introduction to self-victimization and responsibility. As a former self-victimizer myself, um, I think, not self-victimizer, it would be self-victim, right? Or victim. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. I'm a poet. I still don't know. Um, 
how do you come to terms with this idea of, well, I don't know if I can really agree with the fact that we are the cause of everything that happens to us. And I'm, it's not a sense of like, I want to blame everybody else for everything, but I'm kind of thinking about situations of like, let's say a car accident. And it was totally and completely not my fault. I was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. How do you come to terms with that kind of thinking, but also avoiding self-victimization? Okay, so very good point. And uh, I, I love that quote. It doesn't mean that it's 100%. Uh, I go with it all. Uh, when I say you are the cause, um, even though I'm not the cause, right? Just the example that you gave, somebody actually hit me. It's not my fault or any. I want to think of it in, a, in terms of a, like a position of power, a position of control. If I think that everything that happens to me that is outside of my control, there's nothing I can do. There's no growth in it. But if I feel like that I have something to do about it, for example, one of my, um, uh, when, when I feel like I have something to contribute or to do something about it, I, it puts me in a position of control, a position of power where I can do something. I'm not a victim anymore. One of my mentors says, you know, um, um, you know, he says, if lightning strikes, so if you're, if you want to be a real responsible lightning strike and it just cuts you in half, you shouldn't say, oh God, why me? You should be like, you know what? Darn it. I should have stepped one meter to the other side. So it's a mindset, not in like, it, 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 I'm, what I mean, it's a mindset, how you think, even if it's not your, 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 your issue, the thing is, I'm dealt with that, so now what do I do? How do I respond to it? How am I? I don't know if that's clear that's enough. Amazing. but That's amazing. I think once you decide that everything is within your control, even when things do happen to you, that you can actually step up to the plate and do what you need to do, it makes a world of a difference. I think you hit it right on the head. It's just that word control. Mm -hmm. Victim is your, it's not in your control. It's not my fault. It's I'm dealt the bad hand, but a responsible person, it's, it's all about control. Why do you think we fall into this kind, these kinds of thinking? Like, why, why do you believe that there are so many victims out there? I think it's, uh, I think it's easy to be a victim. It's a lot easier to blame somebody else for my failures and why I'm not getting what I want in life and things like that. And and uh, victims usually have a lot of uh, uh, friends around that you know that that enable that. Yeah. So that's one thing. And it's really tough to be responsible because if you're responsible and you're true about that, you're like, oh my God, I'm, it's like almost being naked. You can't hide under, uh, like, I'm serious. It's like you're, you're bare and, and it's, it's me. No matter whatever happens, it's me. If I succeed, it's me. But if I also fail, it's me. Um, another thing, uh, I think being in Kuwait, in this part of the world, and I don't think this is just for Kuwaitis or uh, even you're, you're not Kuwaiti, I think it's easy to be a victim here. Why? Because especially if you haven't lived any other place, things are so easy. Medical is almost like it's so cheap. Uh, college is, uh, and I'm talking about Kuwaitis, med school is free. Education is free. Uh, uh, medical is free. All these different things are free. So people always think about they should raise our salaries. They should do better things for us. They, I hate this word. Um, like when you talk about people like, why are you not succeeding in your business? Oh, we're getting no support. Who is supposed to support you? You're supposed to support yourself. Everybody thinks there's somebody supposed to like discover them and all of a sudden things are, are going to happen. Um, so it's kind of like an entitled sort of thing. Absolutely. It's, it comes from an entitled mindset. And so it, 
for whatever reason, because we have things that are easy for us, we tend to be more victims, I think. And one last other thing is, uh, you see this with privileged people too, like they're, they, they become victim even though they have everything. Um, I was just in the, in the Philippines, I just came back, and I, I remember I, go into, like, I was seeing these kids. We go to these small islands where uh, the, uh, the Yolanda typhoon happened, which completely wiped out. And these kids right now, this is five years ago, but these kids right now, they, to go to high school, like they have elementary school, but to go to high school, they have to get on another boat like for 20 minutes and then they from the, they get to the other place they have to walk for an hour just to get to school wow wow yeah that's 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 a completely different thing so so when you look at it here we 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 uh, another thing why we became victims is um, I'm a I'm a, a father and and I know how much of a victim I was with my parents I I can see it right now but I feel like we enable our children or we enable people to be victims by sometimes helping them, by being a good parent or a good... Uh, uh, so we do things for them. And that's like the, like just today, I, just before I come here, I was at my, uh, my aunt's house and I saw uh, one of my cousins was teaching her daughter. And guess who's holding the book? The mom. And she's reading these things to the daughter. Instead of having the daughter hold the book and read it for her, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get you, but Ali, you that actually triggered a question in me. Um, so you're telling me that okay, we actually can inherit that victim mentality or mindset, or can we spread it around us? So how how do you think that we can actually avoid that? Well, first you have to. Okay, so if you're overweight the hardest thing in the world to do is get on the scale. Once you get on the scale, like, oh my God, I'm actually fat. Let's say that's the, the, the issue. So the first one is to realize and to, that I am a victim. That is uh, uh, the first step. And then is to see uh, what, oh, what I think about. The first thing is my relationship with myself. I have to catch myself, either when I'm talking to myself or the way I think, um, if I'm being, if it's coming from a, a responsible point of view or from a, a victim point of view. That's the very first step. And, and, and I have to think like this. There's nobody coming to help you. Help is not coming. That's the hardest part. Yes. It's that so is hard, hard to realize that. Yeah. Oh Help is not going to come. Help uh, is not on its yeah. way. There is no 911 right now. There yeah. is only me. So, so once you think that, it, it, it's scary, but it's freedom. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. So, so then you're like, oh my God, I actually, you know, um, my, my, um, uh, the first company I, that, I, that I was working with, that I was a, a business owner, it's, a, it's an insurance and investment, things like that. And um, so I was an employee and I was moving there. And they really hammer you into this responsibility where it's all about you. This is the way entrepreneurs think. It's very different than an employee. So, so I've been trained, this stuff is just, and it just, some of it get into my head. And um, so I was struggling at the beginning at the business. And, uh, and then you blame your circumstances, maybe my prospects, maybe, oh, I'm from Kuwait. I don't know a lot of people here. And then somebody comes from China. They've been here for two weeks and they do way more than I did. And then I realized, wait a second. 
when I'm looking on stage and I see people that are succeeding and they give them awards, some of them are bigger than me, some of them are smaller than me, some of them are smarter, some of them are dumber, but all of them succeed. So if they can all do it, I can't blame, I cannot say circumstances because there are some people with way worse circumstances than I am and they still make it happen. So that's the point where I realize, you know what? It is me. Okay, I need to add something to that because I think that um, what you're saying is super, super powerful and to come to this realization that no help is coming on the way, that it's you can also look like realizing that you're blaming everything else but yourself, but it can also look like blaming yourself, overly blaming yourself um, or overly beating up on yourself and your faults. And this is something that I used to do a lot. Um, I used to just like wake up in the morning and then point out like 15 of my flaws and then just kind of be like, well, I'm whatever. I'm a loser. I'm a whatever kind of thing that I would say to myself. I'm a failure is what I would say a lot. Um, and just kind of like sit in that just all day, just sit in that. I'm a failure and there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, this, I guess, can kind of look like blaming yourself rather than blaming other people around you. And some people can take that as like, yeah, I'm responsible. I'm taking responsibility for my garbage, but like I'm, I'm garbage. So yeah. I'm not going to do anything about it. So I'm, I'm, uh, what we're talking about is, uh, is responsibility, not blame. Right. So being responsible doesn't mean I'm going to be blaming myself. But even like I'm, I was there too. Like I mentioned the, the Olympics. So in the Olympics, I did, we had six dives. I did five really good and I messed up royally on the, the sixth one. So instead of reaching uh, um, uh, like semifinals, I was out from that. And it took me 12 years after that to even watch the Olympics again. Wow. I couldn't watch it. Wow. Um, so, but that, 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 there's a lot of lessons that really helped me in, in, in other areas of my life. Um, so, so it's not about blaming yourself. This is... Like uh, one of the key things, like a lot of times people tell me, okay, if I'm going to start a business, what do you recommend? What field? And I tell them, go sell something. Now, why do I tell them go sell something? Because I want them to fail. <laughs> I want them to get no's. I want everybody to say no to them. Because one of the things is if you're going to make it, if you're going to be successful, you have to be able to be beaten up and keep going and keep going and keep, like one of the, 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 uh, the great things, one of the best athletes of all time is Muhammad Ali and it's not because he's the strongest or the fastest he had a great attitude but one of the things about him is he kept being knocked down and he just stands back up like how many times did he lose his title and he claim it again that's his strength there's a book that I remember reading when I was that time it's called go for no instead of going for the yes you would go for the no and so you can turn it around yeah, I've heard of that concept of yeah. like collecting failures rather yes. than successes. Yes. I think what you're trying to say here is if we put it into maybe a word is acceptance. We have to accept the circumstances and then see what we're going to do next. Yeah, and, and then also with your, uh, uh, like failure is part of success. Failure is learning different ways to do it. Now, um, um, you don't want to, I think if you're failing and you're paralyzed, that means you're not failing enough. You need to keep failing. 
um, and then you're going to find successes. But another thing we didn't talk about is the associations. So depending on who you're around, sometimes people, they will, yes, poor Rawa, you know, you're, you're right. They, they will actually, uh, and that feels great because yeah. you want to hear that. Uh, but then you have some other friends that you don't like very much. Like, come on, you know, uh, I, like so-and-so did this and they're now that's not comfortable, but that's exactly the medicine that you need. And some medicine are, is better, you know, I mean, we would love to hear the solution now. Um, what we talked about one thing at the beginning, which is uh, acknowledging that I have an issue or I have that, that issue. But the very first thing that I would focus on is my, my mindset, like how I think. You know, when you read like this is a, why I like to read biographies of people that have done things, uh, for example, Steve Jobs or things like that. Why do I read that? It's not to see how they've done it. It's like to see the problems that they dealt with and they still succeed. So it's how they think that is really important for me. Um, and so, so, uh, so I would start with myself. What languages do I use? Even when I'm talking, do I use, I should, or, uh, I, I can't, or, or, uh, you know, or, or it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just born this way. It's just me. Um, so these are all victim l- words that I have to catch myself. I, I, I remember telling you this, I, I took a class once where you, if you use the word, but, or I can't. Or, uh, uh, or, you know, uh, or try, I have to pay $5 every time. Wow. So that cleans up your language. So that's really good. But on the other side, it's, uh, it's, uh, you started really noticing in other people. So that's the first step is for myself. The, another step is, uh, or the second step, once I learn how to talk to myself and think properly and take responsibility is my associations. Like who do I let in my circle? Now, you can have a lot of acquaintances, but um, uh, some people that you're going to spend more time with, if they're a victim, I'm, I'm maybe, I, I would say I'm allergic to <laughs> victim. I'm, I really am. And, and I'm, I'm, I you can... You get a rash whenever somebody I talks do, about like, uh, terrible I, circumstances. <laughs> I'm not a nice person when I'm, like, if somebody's a victim all the time. I just can't deal with it. You know, I, I would change the subject. And if it does, I will leave the room. Yeah. Mm. You can't handle it. So you believe it affects you? It affects me. And it's just, uh, look, you know, um, I'm sure you, uh, you're in, you, you talk with friends and there's some people that you sit with and you just want to go conquer the world. And there's some people that you just want to go kill yourself. Have you ever felt that before? I agree with you. Just that. make sure you're not the person that people want to go kill themselves afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, uh, if you go back and you actually go study that or think about that, you will notice that their language and they're they're always like uh, blaming others and and that is contagious and it if it's not contagious it could give you the disease it just it, my my energy is low and you can never get things done with those people but Ali like these people like you gonna meet every day everywhere you go like how can you deal with that well uh, some of it is I'm responsible for it I actually created that situation because I kept doing things for them I uh, so I, I would catch myself and change the way I operate for example with my uh, with my uh, family I, I mentioned this example uh, several times like especially when I was in the US friends family come in and they ask for the meaning of a word and I know it like Ali what does this word mean I'm like well that's a really good question where would you find the answer 
and they hate it because now they have to go do it. It's see, same thing with um, with uh, with my daughters right now. They ask me a question. I don't just give them the answer because the answer is not the solution. It's the muscle to get the answer. Wow. I don't I don't know if that makes sense or not. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So 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 sometimes, um, uh, for example, if my uh, 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 there's different situations, okay? So if you have somebody that is drowning, you cannot tell them, oh, just believe in yourself. Like you actually have to pull them out. But there's some situations like, oh, I'm hungry. Um, like, well, there's the fridge over there and there's food. I'm not going to go do everything for you. Once they started keep asking me to do things, I will stop doing it. And you're not going to be very popular. <laughs> I always hated those teachers. They'd be like, "Oh, you want to know what a word means? There's the dictionary." And there were no phones or computers or whatever in the room. It was always an actual dictionary, and it sucked. And those people are like, if you look back, those are the people that made an impact on your life. Those are the the true people. Everybody else that they actually helped you. Now, I'm not saying that they did it intentionally. They try to help you, but they didn't know that they're handicapping you. Yeah. Um. They say wealth skips a generation. Or also, also they use that for courage. Courage skips a generation. Um, usually, like if somebody that is born in a privileged family, their, their kids are very like uh, uh, spoiled. So they don't learn anything. So when they inherit that money, they waste everything. So the next generation, they're broke and they have to go learn it all over again. Wow, I've never heard that explained before. That's yeah. Really- the first time too it happened to our family you know but i don't want to talk about it here (laughs) (laughs) i think uh, one thing to help is sometimes you might have some friends that are like that that you have that relationship they they can point things down now if they if you have that type of relationship i would take advantage and really ask them honestly and don't let them tell you what it is. And sometimes it doesn't sound good. You're not going to like it, but uh, that's what you need to grow. Yeah. Actually, and, most of the time, yeah. it doesn't sound good. There's a, um, there's a um, like for example, I remember um, I was, uh, this is like when Malak was, uh, my, my daughter, she was two years old, and I was at a diving pool, and I was with her. And she was like, there's another parent that was with me, and, and my daughter's like, carry me, carry me, carry me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to carry you. You're going to walk. And the other parent was like, carry her. You know, uh, and, and uh, I, I, the reason I didn't want to do it is I want her to walk. Not because I'm being mean or, you know what I mean, right? So, so that, those situations, and these, there's a lot of these examples that happen. Uh, but you're building another leader. Yeah. You're building somebody who's responsible. You're building somebody who can fend for themselves. They can. I'm not building a you know, a weak. Now, this is not to say if if she's really in pain, I would carry her. Yeah. That that's a difference. Uh, I don't know if that made sense, but uh, yeah, 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 I understand. So, how do you think um, a creative? would put this kind of advice to use. Perfect. That's a great example. So this is back to our, like, for example, in, in my field, I'm going to talk about business. When you're in business, this is the, the, the thing I love, is especially like, for example, right now, you're doing your podcast. Everything is your responsibility. It's you. If it succeeds, it's you. If it fails, it's you. I'm sure it's going to do well. Uh, in business, sometimes you have to roll up your sleeves. Sometimes staff don't show up. 
sometimes uh, um, things just happen that is like, oh, it's not my fault. Well, yes, it's your fault. Even if it's not your fault, you just have to, uh, like, how do you respond from that? And, and then can you go up the next day with a happy smile and just do it all over again? So, so that's the, uh, for, for me, in terms of business, that's really, really critical. And many times, like when we started uh, Caffeine, uh, it was me and my brother and my cousin. She was like a staff member with us. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. We had partners. We, like Actually, the, the Caffeine that you know today, that first store is not the store that we had. We had a different one. Really? Yes, it's a different store. But then right before we signed, they raised the, 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 uh, the, the rent. And then like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to leave. We're not going to, and then we got, we were lucky. Somebody else gave us the, that spot. Um, we had another partner with us. They backed out at the last minute, but we kept going. We want to do this. We, uh, we, uh, uh, all the license, so much stuff. Like it's only me and my brother. How do we do it? Uh, we don't have staff. And I remember like, uh, sometimes once we started opening the whole day and we had installed cameras, it's six o'clock in the morning or seven. I'm at uh, work. I was still uh, with my job or eight. And then I get a message from a client. Are you guys clients open or closed? Because now we have staff members, but they don't show up. Guess what? Once I see the picture or see the video, I have to leave everything and I have to go to the shop and do the, does that make sense? So it's, it's, it's always you. To put another perspective for someone who says, uh, who say, as we, I said before, there are all different kinds of creatives, but then there's the creatives who do things that um, sometimes they put it out into the world and it's just nobody's paying attention to it. I'm thinking in terms of like a poet or an artist or a musician. Sometimes they just kind of like put things, for example, on Instagram or share their work with their community or with their group or whatever it is. For example, in Kuwait Poet Society, we constantly have poetry going in. Um, what I see a lot in these poets is this kind of like a self-victimization in the sense of like, oh, nobody liked my poem. Nobody likes me. My poem sucks. Therefore, I should never write poetry again. And so a lot of people have done that. They've literally left after they've not seen any kind of feedback or any kind of positive feedback even. And oftentimes what I need, to, like what I do tell these people, and these people are usually brilliant poets or beginner, but they have that spark in them, yes. which is kind of like you need to take the responsibility and to rewrite or to write something new or to consistently continue to do what it is that you're doing and i think this goes along with what you're trying to say with caffeine with your businesses is that you do need to step up to the plate and you do need to take care of what it is you're doing and if you literally and and completely have this kind of passion you need to make sure that you invest in that kind of passion and not put yourself in a case of like i suck so I should stop. You know, that's a really good point. And I'm going to like expand on that too. Is uh, um, I lost my train of thought. Hold on, let me think. Take your time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you are, let's say, just, this is a really good example. You're going to be a poet. There's this, uh, sometimes you might have a friend of yours that they did their first poem and then it was just, sensational everybody know them and then their career like uh like just goes up right away and like why not me you know i've been uh it makes sense right yeah uh there's that thing where you think that you're gonna somebody's gonna discover you 
uh, but you have to keep going. And I think sometimes an early success is the worst thing that could happen to you. You have to keep failing because that actually builds your strength that you can keep going. But if you succeed at right at the beginning and then sometimes you don't know what to do with that success, uh, a lot of these people, you never hear from them. But if you keep failing and you keep going at it, that's where you um, uh, become who you are today. Ali, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. And I do believe in responsibility. And I can imagine if... If anyone tries in any field, not only of like in the artistic or like in a business, actually in his daily life, in his daily, you know, um, just the words came out, like went out of my head. But in his daily jobs, Working. I don't know. In his, da- in his daily in his daily tasks, life, in his daily, daily tasks, yeah. in his and, daily and, creations. And his, yeah, life, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm not going to cut this. I'm going to keep it because <laughs> I, I want to take responsibility of me losing my words. And thank you so much. I have to wrap this. I know that I, I would love to talk more and I would love to have more of this. But um, since I'm taking responsibility again, <laughs> I'm going to have to wrap this. Thank you so much, Ali, for coming with, with us tonight. Such a wonderful episode. I'm really looking forward for the more and more of the LCL podcast. If you like this podcast, please sign. Sign? Subscribe. I would love to you guys to uh, subscribe. We can, add, we can add some of this after we decide what to say. And Roa cut me off from my mind. <laughs> you need to. You need to cut this word out. It's yeah, too much. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do believe. Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate Thank you so much. everything. My you pleasure.